Over the last three years on this podcast, guests on so many episodes have reminded me that when the trials of life weigh us down, meditating on our great salvation helps restore our joy. This is always a great reminder, and it's also the theme of a conference coming up June 16 to 18 in Indianapolis. Remember Your Joy is the theme of the Gospel Coalition's 2022 Women's Conference, and speakers like Jackie Hill Perry, Jen Wilkin, and John Piper will help you consider how seven Old Testament stories point to our greater salvation in Christ and lead us to greater joy. Learn more about the conference and register soon at tgc.org slash tgcw22. And be sure to use the code in the word 20, that's in the word and then the numbers two zero, to get a discount on your tickets. This is In the Word on the Go, the podcast where we look at one verse from God's word for 10 minutes of your day. Welcome to In the Word on the Go. I'm Champ Thornton, your host. Whether you're listening by yourself or with a family, this podcast is here for you to spend 10 more minutes in God's Word while you go about your day. In each episode, I get to interview one person about a favorite verse from the Bible. And today I'm so glad to welcome back to the podcast my friend Bo Landers. Bo is discipleship and teaching pastor at Cottonwood Creek Church in Allen, Texas, just north of Dallas, where he has served for over seven years. Bo gets to work with young families and is engaged in discipleship ministry throughout the church. He's currently pursuing a PhD in theology from Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary in Kansas City, Missouri. Bo and his wife Sarah have been married for over 10 years and have three children, all under the age of seven which means you're a very tired man, and I am glad that you've made time to be on the podcast, Bo. It's great to see you. Welcome. Uh, grateful to be here, champ. Well, I am glad you're here, and I am looking forward to the passage of scripture you have today. Yeah, me too. Romans chapter 4, 20 and 21. He did not waver in unbelief at God's promise, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God because he was fully convinced that what God had promised, he was also able to do. All right, Bo. So let's just go to why you chose these verses. I love these verses. I love the whole book of Romans. It's one of my favorites, but you chose these verses for a reason. How have they been meaningful to you? Sure. Uh, so I think when we operate and we talk about, you know, living by faith, uh, we talk about sort of just walking in faith. What does that actually mean? And I think this sort of gives a little bit of a snapshot. It give me, for me, it gives me kind of like one sentence of what it means to walk by faith or to live by faith. It offers like a faith definition of sorts. And so really faith is living as though God is true. You could say it like that, right? That we're going to walk in such a way or live in such a way that all of what God says is true. So how did Abraham do that? You want to talk us through the verse? How do we get that definition from Romans 4, 20 and 21? Sure. So as we look at, you know, obviously this is in the context, Romans 4, Abraham is being referred to here. You're going to see, you know, the righteous will live by faith in this context as well. Um, and so you see Abraham, and I, I look back at, at Genesis 22, where, uh, you know, Abraham is offering Isaac up in sacrifice. And there's a lot that's jam-packed theologically in there and fancy terms, but really, you really see an Abraham who believed God, he believed his promises, and he was able to walk in such a way to where it was it was true for him. So when you look at Abraham and you look at his life, you go to say Abraham and Isaac in Genesis 22, you, you get a picture of Abraham walking as though he was fully convinced that God 
was able to make good on his promises, that God was who he said he was, that he was good, that he was gracious, that he was kind, that he was forgiving, that he had made promises, and that he was going to do what he says he will do. That uh, in that context, you have Abraham being promised that he would get land, seed, or descendants, and blessing. And so he was going to grow in, in numbers. And then all of a sudden, you have him sacrificing Isaac, but Abraham walked in such a way to where he believed God's word was true, that you know what? He says, I'm going to grow in numbers. I'm going to walk in faith uh, because I know that God is true in that way. So give us your definition of faith once again from these verses you said. Sure. So uh, faith is living as though God is true, or you could say it a little bit differently, right? Faith is to live fully convinced that God is able to do what he has promised. Mm. Let me read this again. So this is Romans 4, 20 and 21. I'm reading out of the Christian Standard Bible. God's word says this. He, that's Abraham, did not waver in unbelief at God's promise, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God because he was fully convinced that what God had promised, he was also able to do. So, but what are some areas where our faith is not strong, where we're not trusting God? How are some ways where we can learn to apply this? I mean, we think of faith often, right, about becoming a Christian. We're saved by putting our faith in Jesus as our savior. But Abraham wasn't getting saved when he was following the Lord and obeying the command to sacrifice his son, Isaac. So how can we follow Abraham's example in our lives? Yeah, that's a great question. So I, I think, you know, I've been working through the armor of God, right? In Ephesians chapter six, and you see Paul say, hey, take up the shield of faith, because as you take up the shield of faith, what happens? You get to extinguish the flaming arrows or the flaming darts, it says, which I really like that word, right? The flaming arrows of the evil one. Why? Because the enemy, what does he do? He's a schemer. He's there to attack. He wants to uh, knock us down. He wants to, to fight us. But yet we have been equipped in, and as we are saved, we have been equipped with a shield of faith. If we really believe that God or the Lord is our shield, then he is everything we need to be able to walk forward, right? We, he is everything we need to be able to actually live the way that he has called us to live. He's given us everything. And so what that means is that as we, um, as we are being attacked, say, you know, the enemy comes in and he, he, he causes us to doubt, or he throws lies in our face about who God is, or uh, he throws lies in our face about God's calling on our life. Uh, we can look back at the object of our faith, who is the Lord, who is Jesus, and be able to say, you know what, I know who he is, this Jesus is, and therefore I'm going to walk confidently holding this shield of faith or walk confidently in my faith in that way. So let's say you're a six-year-old, you're a seven-year-old, they're in the car with you, you're getting ready to drop them off at school, and you're wanting to talk to them about this passage, mm. and you're like, okay, listen up, guys, you're about ready to get out of the car. There are some lies that you're going to be tempted to believe today about God. And they go, dad, no, 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 we wouldn't believe lies about God. And you say, yes, actually, it's true, and I'm tempted that same way. How would you unpack the lies of not believing God so they are walking into the day ready to follow this example of Abraham? Yeah, that's a, again, great question. So as I have a, I have a seven and six year old kindergarten and first grade, so they get out of the car every single morning, head off to school. <laughs> and uh, there's no doubt that um, you, there are situations all the time where their friends or their teachers or whatever it is, they're going to tell them, you know, lies, even if they're subtle about who God is. So this is what I would say to them. I think that it is so important that our understanding, how we view God 
ends up determining sort of how we are able to walk in faith. In other words, if you think of it, the shield example, if God is some little flimsy piece of, you know, metal or sheet metal or something like that, if God is, you know, he's not all powerful here, he's not sovereign or he's not perfectly good. And he's somehow, you know, flimsy or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, then, then as you walk in that, you get attacked and then all of a sudden what happens? Well, you're going to get hit by the enemy. And so what I'd like to say is instead, really our faith is determined by how big we view God, Mm. right? The bigger picture we have of who God is, the more gracious, the more kind, the more forgiving, the more powerful. And so the bigger picture we view God, the more we end up uh, having a greater object of our faith. We end up putting our faith into that picture of God that we have. Mm. And so we were able to walk more confidently in it. Maybe is a different way to say that. So as my kids are getting out of the car, I would just look at them and I'd be like, don't forget who your God is, right? Remind them of the truths of our God, because the bigger view you have of God, the more opportunity and uh, the more confidence you can walk in faith in him. Oh, that's so good. I had a professor in college and he would remind us, and it seemed to me like it was the first time I'd ever heard it. He would say, the value of your faith is not the strength of your faith, but the object of your faith. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and that's just life-changing when we get a hold that, of the fact that it's not just how strong do we believe, but how strong is the God in whom we believe. No, that, and that's exactly what Hebrews 11 and 12 say, right? That you get this whole list of the hall of faith there in Hebrews 11. Look at these guys. Look at these guys. They had all this faith. And then you get to chapter 12, one through three. And what does it say? It says, but fix your eyes on Jesus, the mm. author and perfecter of our faith. Why? Because it's, yeah, it's in sense about our faith, but it's the object of our faith that determines how confidently we can walk. Uh, that's such a great reminder. And I'm so glad you took us to these verses. But let's turn our attention to Jesus and fix our eyes and our hearts on him as we close. Would you just lift these verses and all of us up in prayer? Sure. Lord, you are good and gracious and kind, and we do love you. We thank you for this opportunity we've had to unpack your word even in just a few minutes. Uh, Lord, as we walk today, I pray that we can walk confidently knowing that you are true. We can walk confidently in such a way to where we believe you are who you say you are, and you will do what you say you will do. It's in your son Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to In the Word on the Go. For more information about this podcast or to listen to past episodes, visit wordonthego.net.